What is up, everyone? This is Jack Bushman, along with my partner and big homie, Eric Moneybags Hurt, on the way to work today. Money, how you doing, buddy? Good, good. How are you? Or on the way to class, I should say. On the way, not on the way to work, on the way to class. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for asking. Uh, what class you got tonight? Good old paramedic class. Sounds like a lot of fun. Till 10 o'clock? Uh, hopefully get out a little early, catch a little bit of the Hawks game, but we'll see. Alrighty, hopefully you get to see some of it. Today is Wednesday, January 9th, and the Blackhawks did drop their most recent game 4-3 to to the Calgary Flames at home. We were lucky enough to be in attendance for that game. And let me tell you, standing room only, is that the move or what, Moneybags? That is definitely the move from here on out. So we, tickets, great yeah, we, we bought pretty cheap tickets off game time. Uh, they were only, I think, $16 with tax. And we got standing room tickets, and then we ended up snagging uh, four pretty solid seats, about two rows off uh, from the 300 level. So we stayed there the whole game. They were pretty solid seats. Unfortunately, the Hawks weren't able to get a dub. But they played pretty decent in stretches in that game. It, it was a fun game to watch. It's definitely a fun game to go to. But it was, it was the back end of a back-to-back uh, Sunday, the day before the Hawks were able to snap the Penguins' eight-game winning streak winning 5-3 to three in Pittsburgh, and the Hawks now currently have a 10-game winning streak against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So it's good to see that no matter what kind of year the Hawks are having, they always play good against a top team like the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, we always seem to kill them. They're always fun games to watch, too. Yeah, I don't know. We always seem to play competitive against you know teams like that. But looking at those tough back-to-back games against two of the hottest teams in the NHL, like I said, the Hawks, they played solid in stretches, but it's really the poor 10 to 15 minutes that are killing the Hawks so far in 2019. Well, they did get the victory Sunday night in Pittsburgh. They got off to a pretty slow start. They went down 2 nothing, just five minutes into the game as Patrick Hornquist and Jake Gensel got two on the board early for Pittsburgh. So against a team that had won eight in a row, it definitely wasn't looking good early. But we, yeah. saw, we saw the Hawks compete and battle their way back in that game. You know, a lot of times when the Hawks have gone down early, we have seen them, you know, battle to make it a competitive game, even in that 21-game rough stretch. There were a lot of games where the Hawks were down 3-0, 4-0 in the first, and they at least made it a competitive game. So it's good to see that fight out of this team at least. Right. They still seem to care, which is good. But exactly, it's the, you know, put yourself down early in bad situations. It doesn't seem like it's a locker room problem or anything. No. So it seems like the right messages are being said in the locker room. They battled their way back. Patrick Kane stayed red hot by setting up DeBrinket on the power play for his 19th of the season. The power play all of a sudden has just been rejuvenated lately. DeBrinket, Gustafson, and Kane have just been moving the puck very well uh, atop the power play, and they were able to strike to cut that lead in half against Pittsburgh. And then Chris Kunitz got the start because the Penguins were celebrating their 2009 Cup team. And he took advantage of the opportunity. He took a pass from Kruger and actually roofed it over the shoulder of Casey DeSmith, his first goal of the year. Yeah, that's, that's a great goal for him. Might be his last goal in his NHL career. <laughs> it honestly might be. <laughs> you you really no, feel, good for though. Him. Yeah. yeah, definitely good for him. You feel for a veteran like Kunitz who he's been forced to sit out, really, for the first time in his career for a big stretch of games over the past two months. He's a four-time cup winner, so you know it hurts him to sit out. So it was nice to see him score and get pumped against a team he's had a ton of success for. And the cel- night he was getting celebrated. So it was good yeah. to see. The Hogs did let the Penguins take the lead back. Derek Brassard got his seventh of the year. But shortly after we saw something, uh, I don't think we were sure we were going to see all year. Duncan Keith scoring a goal, and it couldn't have happened in a funnier way for us. Right. I, re- I remember you were literally saying, I hate seeing Keith and Seabrook on the same power play. Oh, and literally right yeah. as you say that, 
he takes a slapper and beats Casey to Smith, and you literally spilled your beer on me. <laughs> but I think honestly, like I'm I not believe it. on this, but I think that might be the first time that that second unit in a while have scored. Dude, that has wise. been yeah for real. They've and been. I was dreadful. so ecstatic when they finally put Gustafson on a top power play. Unit. Yeah, I know. I actually gave him power play for minutes. so long. And I'm like, oh why? my god, they were just trying to force it, yeah. and it just wasn't working ever. <laughs> but unfortunately, Keith's goal won't go down as a power play goal because the penalty expired two seconds before the goal happened. But Keith will take it. I thought it was hilarious that I don't know if you saw this, but Brent Seabrook went to the net and grabbed the puck for Duncan. Did he? Like it was his first career goal or something. That's, That's hilarious. hilarious. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he did that just to mess with them because obviously they go way back. But I thought that was a pretty funny moment. But big goal for Dunks. Big goal for Dunks to get yes. get the Hawks going. I think after that goal, it really kind of rejuvenated the Hawks and got them going because the Hawks outshot the Penguins ten to six in the third, and they took the lead for the first time in the game as Patrick. Kane set up Dylan Strome for a wide open net. Dylan Strome's been really impressive as Patrick Kane center so far. 14 yes. points in 21 games as a Hawks since the Nick Schmaltz trade. And unfortunately for Nick Schmaltz, out for the rest of the season with a G-G's. knee injury. You yeah, hate to see it. GG's Nick breaks. Schmaltz. Yeah, they cannot catch a break. That's tough to see. Honestly, Schmaltz will bounce back. He'll honestly just become cheaper probably for the Coyotes to resign yeah, or whoever's going to go sign. It'll probably be cheaper. Uh, he, he's still – he's got that potential. He's just got to change a little bit in his game. His offensive side is there, but uh, tough to see a guy like Nick Schmaltz go down for them. They really, really uh, were liking what they were getting out of him. Yeah, 14, was, 14 points in 17 games there. He was playing pretty well. He was playing really good hockey with uh, Keller. It's good chemistry. Yeah, him and, him and Keller have been working really well together. So tough to see that. But Dylan Strom, taking advantage of his opportunity for sure, ended up with the game-winning goal. Jonathan Taze padded his stats with an empty netter to seal a big road win for the Blackhawks. Yes. And That's besides the big – yeah, big, that was a, for a rough day for Chicago fans with the Bears game. Yeah. At least the Hawks at least the Hawks got it done shortly after this. So, well, it was still pretty – yeah, definitely. Very sad night overall, though, still. <laughs> But besides that big comeback against, you know, a hot team like Pittsburgh, one thing that really stood out to me again was that power play. It was only one for three on the night stats-wise, but it really could have been three for three because uh, Duncan Keith and Dylan Strom's goals both came right after the penalty expired. So realistically, they were three for three on the night. So power play has just been rocking lately, which I can't believe I'm saying because where was this all year? Like, why couldn't we just get a triangle of DeBrinket, Gustafson, and Kane going all season long? Right. And you can see the confidence boost they have on it too. You know, they're not trying to force anything. And they're no, they're moving the puck. The puck yes. a little more. It's great. DeBrinket's looking like he's starting to maybe get that backdoor one timer yeah, going, which really adds it really adds another level to a power play if you can right. have that because then they gotta respect the point shot from Gustafson. So it'll be uh interesting to see how they keep playing over the next couple of games here, see if they can keep staying hot. Looking now at the Hawks' most recent game, as we said, the tough loss to Calgary on Monday night. For the second time in as many nights, we saw the Hawks go down early. Johnny Hockey put one into a yawning cage to make it one nothing Flames early on. But that line, Monaghan, Goudreau, and Lindholm have been arguably the best line in hockey. You know? So, yeah, they've been absolutely dirty. Elias Lindholm has 20 goals. He's already set career highs in pretty much all his stats. So. They've been That's rocking, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I got lucky to have him on your fantasy team. 
But um, honestly, against you know a top line like that with <laughs> the recent defense the Blackhawks have, you kind of expect that almost to happen. But the Hawks did bounce back. Uh, we saw Patrick Kane just banked a nice. dirty, dirty, dirty backhand off the back of David Riddich to tie the game up at one. Kane's 24th of the year and seventh goal in his past six games. He's been as hot oh. as anyone in the league. He's rolling right now. In his past 15 games, he's got 11 goals, 13 assists. Also my boy. Yeah, you, you have my – yeah, look, I, I hate you. But – um. Kane is just – he seems like when uh, – with Strom on that line, he's really added another level. It seems like as soon as Strom hopped in the lineup, Kane started to really get things going, and it's shown. His stats have been great. He's a top-ten point producer in the league now. So good to see that line rocking. Yeah, that chemistry is definitely there. I'm excited to see. You know, we got two more years of Strom at least, which is beautiful with this cheap contract. That's going to be awesome. And then Eric Gustafson has a really friendly contract if our defense, you know, has the pieces around him. He's not a number one guy, but 1.25 mil for like a 2-3 with a lot of offense. That's yeah. really solid with the he's, defensive he's prospects we pick, have. He's starting to pick his game up. I mean, oh, he's, he's still got great. defensive lapses where he'll make her, you know, he'll, he'll try and do too much, and he's got to wait for that moment to make that play. But Yeah, he pinches a lot. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to see. I mean, he's, he's really gained a lot of confidence over his past like five, ten games. It seems like every goal that Kane scores, he's getting the assist on it right now, yeah. too. He's, he's, him and Kane have really been creating the majority of the offense, and they've been setting up DeBrinket lately, who's uh-huh. been super hot as well. DeBrinket scored 28 goals last season, and early on in the second, Patrick Kane and Gustafson had a beautiful give-and-go, and Kane found DeBrinket for that one-timer for DeBrinket's 20th of the season to make it 2-1 Hawks. And like I said, 28 last season, and through 45, he's got 20, so... DeBrinket has a really solid chance to net 30 in uh, his second year in the NHL. He's been he awesome. Net 40. I mean, yeah, he's honestly, he's been killing it. If the power play can keep moving like it has been, he could get into the upper 30s. He's been on a solid streak of his own lately. He's got 10 goals in his past 17 games. And like I said, DeBrinket, Gustav Kane, they've just been creating most of the offensive chances. They're responsible for the power play, power play getting back on track, and it's really been fun to watch those three play with the puck lately. Yeah, what's, what's Sad's... Uh looking like the past 10 games or so. Brandon Sad, I know he's got 12 goals and 12 assists on the season. Uh, I'll go to check to see how he's been in his last 10 games or so. Uh, the top line, I feel like the top line, they've been moving the puck well, but they, uh, they just haven't been finishing a lot of their opportunities. Like, uh, Dominic Cahoon looks really good in stretches on that top line that makes you like want to keep him up there. But at right. the same time, he only has seven goals on the season. Yeah, he's so. not a first-line player, but he's got exactly like you said. He's just got those like certain plays where it looks like he can definitely be a first-line player. But uh, Brandon Saad in his past ten games has three goals and one assist. Okay, so not as bad as I thought. Still not great. But, now, what you like yeah. to see out of a top-line left winger that's been playing with Jonathan Taze, and Taze has seventeen right. goals on the year. So, I mean, Saad's just so snake bait. Like I can't There's believe one of those. That's an empty net. But yeah, he has no luck. So quiet as late. He has four power play goals in a year and a half with the Hawks. He's like been taken off the power play completely this year, pretty much. He's just frustrating for six million dollars. You like the way he plays, but he's just got to score goals for that amount of money. There's no other way Uh, to say it, or else he's going to be deemed overpaid. You know, so maybe we'll get a little sod magic again against the Predators to the. The light remember that goal he scored shorthanded. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. 
Other than that, that's what Hopefully we'll he can get something going, just get the stat sheet looking better because that's the biggest critique people have on him is he just doesn't get the points for the money he's worth. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he'll pick it up tonight. But looking back at that Flames game, as I said earlier in 2019, it's just been those 10, 15-minute stretches that have killed the Hawks lately. We saw it again on Monday night, and it really cost them the game because right before the end of the second, Calgary converted on a power play. Dylan Strome had three penalties in the game. Absolutely ridiculous. Converted on this one uh, to tie it up 2-2. Matthew Kachuk made that touch pass to Monahan right in front of the net, and he buried it. So, against yeah. you know, Blackhawks have the second-worst power play in the league. Penalty That's going to happen. Or penalty kill, yeah. Second-worst yeah, penalty gotta, kill in the league. So They got to get that figured out a little bit because that is a huge momentum killer. Yeah, they, they, it like seems that. like every game they lose, their penalty kill, you know, kind of has a say in it. And then after that, after they allowed that goal, just 54 seconds into the third period, speak of the devil, Brandon Saad made a poor pass during the Blackhawks change that gave Johnny Hockey a breakaway. And he snuck it home past Delia to make it 3-2. That really set the tone for the Flames in the, three period, in the third period. The Hawks were outplayed immensely in the last yeah. 20 minutes. You know, you think being down a goal, the Hawks would be the ones, you know, setting the pace and playing with some urgency but Calgary put 18 shots on Colin Delia, their most of any period. Hawks really didn't have any sense of urgency. They put some good chances on Riddich late, but Calgary Speaking was able to put... Speaking of was the one that scored that... Like, yeah, score, right? after yeah. Uh, Hathaway put it in the empty netter, Brandon Saad went on to pad his stats in the Hawks' power play stats, scoring with 24 seconds left. That was a power, oh, play, that a goal. power play goal. Yeah, that was a power wow. play goal because the... Uh, wow. Flames scored with the empty net when the Hawks were on the power play. So that was a tough one. 24 seconds left. We stayed and hoped they had a chance, but you kind of knew it was over. <laughs> yeah, they had to review that one, didn't they? Yeah, they had like to review it because they, they, didn't, they didn't think it was in. I saw it. We had a good view of it. I saw it. it was yeah. in. But not everybody was sure it was in. They played on for like a couple seconds after it. But nonetheless, tough 4-3 home loss to a top team in the Western Conference. It kind of had the feeling of one that slipped away. With a win, right. the Hawks, well, they, 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 they would have you know, been like, just four points back of a playoff spot. Right. That's crazy to think. And, I mean, honestly, it was a way better game than I thought it was going to be against a dynamite team. Like yeah, that. Flames have been great. They're the top team and in the West. Not, yeah, they're not getting even as much praise either. You know, we we were thinking it could have been ugly. Yeah. Calgary is great. Riddich has kind of come out and saved them. We were talking smack Mike's about him best. earlier in the year, about <clears throat> betting every game against the Flames that David Riddich would start. Oh yeah, and he's been like he's Lights been like really out. good for them, of course. But <clears throat> yeah, tough loss. It's one of the best teams in the West. Moved their t- Hawks' 2019 record to one two and one, and they are now 16 22 and seven through 45 games. Still six points back of a playoff spot with four teams ahead of them, and three of those four teams have at least two less games played than the Hawks do. So. Yeah, so you know, playoffs are playoffs are still a little bit of a reach here at this point of the year, but the Hawks really need to start roping some wins together here if they have like any chance of it. I saw somewhere on Twitter today the Hawks have like a point oh seven percent chance of winning the Stanley Cup. Oh, boy. I was like, oh my god, put like two dollars, put two dollars down on Bavada. Oh yeah, to be able to retire. <laughs> they do it. The defense like, just how are you pieces four it together. Points out of a playoff spot with that disgusting of a record. Because the Western Conference, really, like yeah, the middle of the pack they, has been slumping lately. Yeah. yeah, like Minnesota's struggled. 
Vancouver struggled. Dallas has struggled. Like, a bunch of teams have just been kind of falling on their face lately, giving the Hawks a little bit of a chance. They could just, oh, the games they've been losing in the last couple games here, you know, they've been winnable games against, you know, tough teams that make you stay around and hope that this team has some potential. But we're through 45 games, and we kind of have that feeling, you know, that defense just isn't good enough to piece together enough wins to where we want to be. I mean, even if we do snag a wild card spot. First yeah, game. right. Like, this defense, like, we'd have to play, like, Winnipeg. <laughs> seven, uh, seven games. Yeah. No, we get absolutely smacked. But if yeah. the Hawks, if they want any hope of piecing some wins together here, they definitely need to start giving their goaltenders some help. Allowing 40 to 50 shots on goal every night is not going to get the job done, especially with right. a 24-year-old rookie and Colin Delian that they put four uh, – Flames put 43 on that against the Hawks on Monday – Hawks have scored four goals just three times in their past 12 games. So, sure, they're winning some low-scoring games because of goaltending, but you really can't expect Callan Dealey to post a 947 save percentage all season long. Right, so, right. they got to give them some help. They're just unsustainable numbers for a man with less than 10 games of NHL action. Hawks, they just need to, like, start playing with the puck more, demanding to play with the puck more, especially in games they're down in. It just doesn't seem like – that have that drive. I don't know what it is. They just don't move the puck very well sometimes. I, I can't explain it. It's just like a frustrating right. style of hockey to play. Mm-hmm. But power play is more confident than ever. Hawks need to just start piecing some more complete games together and rack up victories. Allowing 43 shots on goal Monday night. Allowing 50 shots on goal in Delia's previous, previous start against the Islanders. Tonight against Nashville, Delia is officially uh, the one who will be in net. I would like to see less than 35 shots on goal tonight yeah. from Nashville. That would be nice. He needs, we, a, he needs an easier night. I mean, he's yeah, no. freaking peppered. And, I mean, he's been standing on his head for us, but exactly, it's not going to last long. And then We've seen like goalie that, wins every time with him. Kind of yeah, it's like I feel like that's the thing with new goalies. Where they come in and they like, play, play out of their for, ass. Like, three, four games, and then obviously, they, you know. You know this isn't going to last forever, forever you know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's just still ridiculous. a very good goalie. He's got a lot of potential. He's really uh, – he looks like he's going to be the goaltender of the future with Corey Crawford only having, uh, you know, one more year after this year left on his contract. It's kind half of a question. A like, yeah, I don't even know if Corey Crawford, like, yeah, where he's going to be even hockey-wise. Like, yeah. they said uh, – Jeremy Colleton said yesterday that there's still no update on him and he just remains in concussion protocol. There's no timetable for his return. Which, I mean, there's no rush for Corey Crawford. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't even know if he's going to play hockey again. Like, he's 35 years old. If he was uh, – I mean, that's just me. I would retire. I mean uh, – He's getting up there. So, it's good yeah, to see Delia, though, picking up, you know, some of Corey Crawford slack. Crawford, you know, even though the stats didn't show, he was playing pretty good in that for us. Right. No, that's what's crazy about it. You look at the stats and they're kind of like – They look terrible. They look like his, they're his worst numbers of his career pretty much. Yeah. But that's not really the tale of the tape in all reality, but – with Colin Delia, there's a big stretch coming up here in games where the Blackhawks go without a back-to-back. So if he really is the guy, he's going to get a lot of starts coming up. So to keep him confident and playing well, it'll be nice to get him some defensive help, limit the shots on net. Defense has been better of keeping you know some of the shots to the outside, but they're still allowing too many A-plus chances in the slot. I just think we can still play a more still consistent defensive game. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully, hopefully the defense plays better tonight. 
against Nashville. And looking at the game tonight against Nashville, we do know, as I said, Colin Delia will be in that. We also know that John Hayden will be back in the lineup after Chris Kunitz played the last two games. John Hayden, he's kind of been a John, <laughs> be a John Hayden's kind of been a tough guy to figure out this year, Bags. Yeah. He has just two goals and one assist in 31 games. And no, listen to this. This one's the one that really hurts. He has no points in his past 13 games. And in his past 13 games, he only has three shots on goal. Wow. Yeah, you're not going to score many points with that. Yeah, exactly. You like the he plays a good physical game and he's like decent, you know, along the boards and stuff, but the reality is he provides very little offense when he's out playing with fourth liners. Those aren't guys gotten, that really he's gotten chances to play first line minutes too. Yeah, I know. I mean the, the Blackhawks but... yeah, no one's really solidified that top spot. I mean Cahoon's played there a bunch, but it's not like he's locked in there. They've thrown not, so many people on that. Yeah, point. exactly. I think maybe even Kajwila could get a shot up there at some point if, you know, they start struggling. I'm just not really sure what lies. <laughs> he just signed with like yeah. some AHL team or something. I saw. Not sure who it was. Springfield Thunderbirds. Actually, it could have been them. It actually could have been them. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I'm not really sure what lies in the future of John Hayden, especially with him. He's a free agent after the season. Yeah, I don't, just, I don't see him coming back. We just haven't seen him grow like we hoped when he first joined the team right out of college. He'll likely get his chance the rest of the season to prove he should stick around because he'd have to hit waivers in order to be sent down and someone would maybe take him. But hopefully he'll get his offense, you know, a little bit more back on track. But besides Hayden, uh, the rest of the lineup uh, will remain the same uh, offensively-wise, I should say, the offensive lines, forward lines. Um, Brandon Perlini, someone I continue to stress, I think he's being used in the wrong role, Bags. He's played 10 minutes just twice in the past 10 games. Yeah. He's playing seven to eight minutes, and I just don't know, like. He needs more ice time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He definitely needs more ice time than that to prove what he is. I just think he he plays physical. He's been better of late. He's been generating chances. He's, you know, I mean, I thought Monday he played a decent game offensively. We saw him have some good chances. We said his name a few times at least. Like, he was in the mix for playing eight minutes, you know. Uh Right. Is he on that second? He doesn't get any power play time, right? I don't think he gets any so. power play time. He plays on I that third should, line with yeah. the blanket and camp. Yeah, he definitely should get out there on the power play. He's uh, There's more to his game than what we're seeing. He's only got three goals in 20 games as a Hawk so far. It, right. I, honestly, though. He's like a chucking line. And... Yeah, exactly. That's, I don't think that's the but, role for him. Yeah, he can throw his weight around, but I think it's his speed that's his biggest asset. Right, right. And you're not really going to be using that playing seven minutes a game against top lines. Yeah, exactly. But it's going to be tough to, uh, you know, give Perlini some more ice time because Drake Kajwila is a similar guy. He plays wing. He finally got his visa situation figured out. And he played in the games on Sunday and Monday. It was kind of hard to put your finger on how he really played. He only played 10, 11 minutes both games. But put two shots on that. He was, uh, his speed was a little noticeable. But, you know, it's two games. So it's tough to say what he is so far. Yeah, we'll we'll find out soon. I, mean, I like that he's rocking the, the ninety-one. Boys, the boys, the boys were kind of sauce those two games, so it was hard. To <laughs> he was, hard to I don't track. know. Yeah, I was pretty sauce for both those games. That's pretty true. Wasn't too noticeable to my drunk ass. <laughs> so, will you drop your phone, Bagsy? I did. Hit the Oopsies. brakes too hard. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to the road. Sorry, sorry, I was yeah. podcasting. <laughs> 
officer. <laughs> you get in a car crash on the podcast, I'd lose my mind. <laughs> uh, Jack, can you call 911? BRB. Take two. All right. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, though, the Hawks, they need more of that bottom six right now. So I'm hoping, you know, the two additions, Perlini, Kajwila, they can create some balanced scoring because we're really seeing, you know, Kaner doing most line. of the work right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kaner's doing most of the work. Uh, but looking at the defense for tonight at the morning skate, the Blackhawks, they were without Gustav Forsling. And then at about 3.34 o'clock today, I'm not sure if you saw, they put Forsling on IR. You see that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they put him on IR. He's had that lingering upper body injury. So he obviously will not be in the lineup tonight. And Brent Seabrook, he wasn't at the morning skate with an illness. They haven't said he's going to be out yet, but they said it's going to be a game-time decision. So I'm not really sure how that's going to go. But on the bright side, Henry Yokiharu is returning after having a fantastic gold medal World Junior performance. Yeah, that was great. We'll talk more about the World Juniors yeah. here in a minute. But Yokiharu is back. But if Seabrook doesn't play, that means there will be a spot open on the right side. Davidson could slot in there, I think. Uh, he can play both sides, you know. So it's not that big of a loss if Seabrook's not able to go tonight. And honestly... I wouldn't mind to see Seabs getting a night off. Lord knows he knows it. <laughs> Here he yeah, needs it. He needs, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he needs that one. You know, we can get him some time off. Give <laughs> give him as many breathers as he can get. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked to see I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, Brandon Davidson in the lineup again tonight for the third straight game. Uh, just so the Hawks, you know, once Forzing does come back, I don't think this is an injury that's going to keep him out for long, but. Just so when Forsling does come back, they get, you know, kind of an idea of what they're going to do with that Forsling-Davidson situation because you don't want to keep eight defensemen up. No, no, yeah. I think if if Forsling didn't hit IR, I honestly think they're going to send Forsling down. I really do. Yeah, he hasn't hasn't impressed as of late. He's hit that, you know, that that mid-season slump. He's hit that mid-season slump for the third straight year as in his past 12 games – he has just one goal and no assists. So, yeah, that production really hasn't been there. And he also has 14 penalty minutes in t- those past 12 games. So he's kind of struggled to hold his own defensively. It is tough, you know, to see a third send down a Forsling in three years. But yeah, it just seems like – Yeah, it does. But it just seems like he's – every year he's just faded as, you know, the middle stretch of the season has come on. Right, it's right. it's tough. It's tough to send him down because, you know, he's not going to like it. But he's still only 22 years old, so I don't think a Rockford trip may be the worst thing for him. You can't forget he only came up when he was 19 years old. So right. he's still only 22 still, years old. Get some time playing all aspects of the game, playing penalty kill, power play, you know, getting a feel for the sense of the way the game's going to be played. And even if he does get sent down, I do expect him to get called back up before year's end because he is a free agent also at year's end. So I think the Hawks will That's want to true. have I think the Hawks will want to have the best possible idea of what they should do with Forsling this offseason. So that will be an interesting situation. Could be trade bait too. Yeah, I know. I possibly he possibly could be trade bait. He's got you know a lot of um a lot of talent to his game. He he's got the speed just Oh, he just fades in and out of games. Sometimes he looks like he's doesn't deserve to be in the NHL, and then he has games where his speed and his ability to take the puck uh, into the offensive zone is, you know, noticeable because the Hawks don't have much of that. 
but right, he, just, right. he just needs to do it consistently, and that's been his biggest struggle in all three years. He just hasn't been consistent. Absolutely, yeah. Wow. So it'll be uh, interesting to see what the Hawks do tonight. Like I said, Seabrook game time decision because of illness. But taking a look at the season matchup with the Nashville Predators and the Chicago Blackhawks, the Nashville Predators are 26-15-3. and they are 11-8-3 on the road and 4-5-1 and in their past 10 games. Both teams have uh, split the games so far. The Hawks won their home game. The Predators won their home game. We were actually in attendance the last time the Blackhawks and the Predators played. That was a pretty yes, solid were. defensive effort turned in by the Hawks. It was really the first game where we saw their defense start to piece it together with Carl Dahlstrom. Right, yeah. Dahlstrom's been huge. Him and yeah. Murphy have been solid. Like, yeah, that's been a, those two. Exactly. They've been our only defensive pairing this year. That's really been like, all right, those two are playing together. Like, yeah, and you know where you know what you're getting out of them, and they do their job. Yeah, know? they've been yeah. really impressive together, and that's really good to see out of Carl Dahlstrom, man. We need that. Yeah, we need that size huge. on our defense. He plays tough in front of the net, and we hadn't seen that Absolutely. all season long. So that's really awesome to see. That was a 2-1 victory back on December 18th. Cam Ward was in net for that one. We'll see Delia tonight. And, of course, the Predators didn't have Philip Forsberg or Victor Arvidsson in that one. They both will play tonight, unfortunately, for us. The Predators, though, they have uh, struggled a little bit offensively this season, but their defense has been (laughs) arguably the best in the NHL. Yeah, exactly. They have allowed uh, an NHL best 2.45 goals per game this season. That's been really solid. Yeah, Pekka Rene has been awesome for them back there. That's they also boy. have the league's 10th best penalty kill at 82%. So looking at a little bit of the special teams battle here, the Blackhawks actually do have the power play advantage all of a sudden. Nope. The Blackhawks have the 24th best power play in the NHL now compared to Nashville at 26. The Blackhawks' wow. power play has been as hot as anyone's lately. All of a sudden our yeah. power play is rocking. We're, at 24, yeah, we're up to 16.9%, baby. Look at us go. All right, we're coming Tampa and Washington. We're going to get that number one spot by the end of the <laughs> Look out, boys. The Hawks have scored a power play goal in five or six games since the Christmas break and are seven for 19 in those games. And like I said earlier, they scored two goals right as the penalty expired Sunday in Pittsburgh. So the power play could be nine for 19 in their past six games, nearly 50%. Yeah, that's crazy. That I know. Crazy. It's been awesome to watch. They're moving the puck so well right now. Everyone's willing to shoot the puck, and the Hawks need to take advantage of their hot power play tonight. Nashville does have a pretty solid penalty kill, but the Hawks' power play, you know, they're moving well. Anything can happen. Absolutely. But We're trying to <laughs> Looking good. But on the other end of the spectrum, the Hawks do still have the second-worst PK in the league, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but Nashville does have the 26th-best power play, so hopefully uh, pow- Nashville's power play doesn't end up biting us tonight because the penalty kill – Seems to really be a big factor in every game the Hawks end up losing. You know, it came in uh, came into play <clears throat> Monday night against the Flames when Sean Monahan scored that game time goal late in the second period, and that kind of shifted the momentum into the third, where the Flames took a hold of that game and really dominated the pace of play. So, Blackhawks need to. I, I think I say this every game: if the Blackhawks win the special teams battle. They'll win the game. It seems like every game is de- decided by the special teams. Yeah, exactly. So I expect it to be an indicator, again, of how the game will go tonight. The Hawks are able to win the special teams battle, limit some of the shots on that uh, on Colin Delia. I think they can come out with a big home win tonight. Yeah, I think they can too. I think they'll be fired up about, you know, they're kind of slumping a little bit. 
But yeah, seem, Nashville. Every, every time regular season wise, Nashville they seem to be pretty good games. Yeah, they're always uh, pretty close games. Do have a little money on the game tonight, bags. I have the oh, first. Yeah. yeah, I did take the first period over at one and a half. So. I need two goals scored in the first period. The Blackhawks are like crazy. They've hit the over on 80% of their games this year in the first period. So, yeah, yeah, because it seems the first period is always the period the Hawks put up the most offense. Absolutely, yeah. And then I also – two from uh, the Hawks or two two goals scored? Just two goals total. Two two goals scored total. So, yeah, hopefully that will happen. And then I did uh, put some money down that Colin Delia will make at least 31 saves tonight. So, even though I hope the Hawks will be able to limit uh, Nashville's offense, I know I know what kind of team we are. I just know that I, I really think the Preds are going to put at least 30 on Delia. So, that would be That's interesting to see. That's what's tough to, to bet see. against them. It's like, it's like you're rooting for your bet, but you're also you know, like rooting for – that's well. That's why I got burned by Nashville last game we went to. Oh yeah, you Nashville. bet on that game that we went to on December eighteenth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah money bags, money bags bet on the Predators on December eighteenth, and we got that nice home win, two to one. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get a similar result in the United Center tonight. Pekka Rene is supposed to be in that tonight for the Predators, so you know it will be tough to score three or oh, four goals to tonight yeah. against you know, as I said earlier, the team with the best goals allowed per game in the NHL. The Hawks are going to have to play a solid defensive game in order to win this one. They can't allow Nashville to put up 40 to 45 on Dealey if they want to win. Yeah, that, and exactly. Special teams, you know, we, we got to keep the momentum because Nashville's that type of team that can just take over a game like that. Yep. Just play however they want to play. Special that. teams and playing good defense in front of Colin Delia, two huge keys to a Hawks home victory tonight. Before we wrap things up, Bags, I need to take a moment. Damn excited I am about all of our prospects after watching the World Juniors, man. Yeah. That was an awesome tournament to watch for Blackhawks fans. First thing I got to say, congratulations, obviously, to Henry Yokiharyu and the rest of Team Finland for taking home the gold versus Team USA. Yeah, big one. Henry Yokiharyu had himself a hell of a tournament run. He had two goals and three assists. He also assisted on the golden goal scored by uh, Capo Caco. <laughs> Maybe my Capo Caco. Maybe my favorite name to say of anybody <laughs> in hockey. Uh, with just 126 left, that would be crazy. With 126 left in the third, he scored the golden goal, and Yoki had an assist on that one. Uh, I don't know if you saw this in. Uh, it was in uh, Mark Lazarus's one of his most recent articles. Finland's head coach. You see a hocus? Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. A hocus, maybe? But uh, he called Stan Bowman. To, he called him, called Stan Bowman to thank him for lending uh, Finland Henry Okiaru, and he told Bowman yeah. that there was no way Finland wins the gold without Henry. So, yeah, tip of the hat. Pretty cool. Yeah. You're welcome, sir. <laughs> it was great to see Yoki take home the gold. Now I can't wait for his ass to get back in there and help our defense out. Right, right. Give him a little confidence boost. Listen to this right here, Bags. With Eric Gustafson playing great lately, what about the possibility of a Gustafson-Yoki Haru pairing? Not, it's not supposed to be uh, the pairing to start off tonight, but I think that's a pairing that could be exciting to watch. I could see that. That could be a very exciting. Just put Keith and Steve's on the third line. Right, right. Top, top line is Dahlstrom Murphy. Second line is Gustafson and Yoki Haru. Third line is Keith and Seabrook. I mean, it could work. I mean, Yoki's more a little stay back kind of guy. And yeah, allow Gustafson to play his offensive role. 
that'll be interesting to see if those guys end up playing some minutes uh, together down the stretch here. I would have liked also, to see Gustafson play like what five, like four years ago with Keith, and it was like still dunking fucking Keith. Their and offense would like, be crazy. Be like let him like let loose while Keith just kind of you know does his Norris thing. Yeah, that would be really that would be really nice. Because Keith, I mean, he provided more offense than he is now while playing the best defense in the NHL. Yeah. So that would have been crazy to see. Also, I'm hoping that uh, Yoki Haru will get some power play minutes, maybe a little bit, provide a right-handed shot. We saw him get some power play time in the World Juniors. I don't know. It's maybe a That's right-handed shot. Yeah. Maybe on the second power play unit, give it a yeah. right-handed point shot instead of a left-handed point shot, maybe. I still but, hate um, having two defensemen on a power play. That's I, what I'm I, saying. I don't think it should be a thing. Ever. So, Come on. I think I would you rather have Yoki Haru on the second power play unit than Seabrook? Because I oh, think yeah. I would. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's where I don't know, Seabrook has those random clap bombs. I, I know that's that's where he's like, I'd say his only of use of his shot. That shot. <laughs> but we rarely see it. But when what's you do, it's team, always a bomb. Right. What's the team that runs five forwards on a power play? Five forwards on a power play? I don't. Think Someone they do does it regularly, that? but some yeah, some, like some teams try that a few times. I think it worked once. Hmm. It's kind of interesting. I'm not sure who that would be. I wouldn't be – you would think, like, Tampa Bay or somebody, but they have Hedman, so. Yeah, no. Not sure who that would be, but. Like Carolina. <laughs> that may be – Have, like – oh, they might put, like, Tara Vinan and Ajo at the points. Right. <laughs> yeah, but, that would be uh, – that would be interesting. Five like forwards two, on the park. Two defensemen, I just don't see the point. Yeah, no. Unless, I, unless I really, got, especially when it's Keith got, and Seabrook. Yeah. Unless you got Burns and Carlson, that is okay. Yeah, right. Eric Carlson's been on a tear, on a tear since he got back from his suspension. He's been absolute money lately for them. But uh, keep going on to the Blackhawks' defensive prospects in the World Juniors. The 2018 number eight overall pick, Adam Boquist. He had a pretty solid showing for Team Sweden. He uh, scored that overtime-winning goal versus Team USA to go along with three assists in five games. That was in like a not like a. Uh, playoff game that was like in like the first game of the tournament he had that overtime winner but we saw Boquist continue to show that uh offensive talent and speed from the defensive position I love seeing him like jump into rushes and just scoring like backhand goals that I haven't seen like Hogs defense score in ever right he looks oh, dirty he's an exciting player that's exciting yeah he's looked disgusting for the London Knights in the OHL this year right. he's looked filthy scoring a bunch of goals on the rush for them I cannot wait for his arrival. And honestly, he's 18 years old, and we could see him like next fall. Like that's not like too ridiculous. Like I expect, I expect him to be in Rockford. Like I, yeah, we could see like eight games out of him or something. I could ex- like I could see him in Rockford next year. Like truly, like he's got that kind of speed. He's crazy fast. So it'll be. Ex- yeah. That's what we need. We need someone that can carry the puck out of the zone with speed because we make way too many turnovers in our own defensive zone that come back to bite us in the ass. And it sucks to see, especially Seabrook. He's terrible at that. Yeah, fanning on shots. It's tough to watch. Yeah. So the third Hawks defenseman in the tournament, Ian Mitchell, he showed off his powerful shot, roofing a power play goal. I don't know if you saw that one. It was Hauser. Yes. Yeah, made me jump out of my seat. I can't wait to see a powerful right-handed shot like that from our blue line. And honestly, Ian Mitchell, if he wants to be, he could be up at some point late in the season if he decides to leave too. Denver. He deci- if he decides to leave Denver after, he could be up with us at the end of the year like John Hayden did. Yeah. 
Yeah, it could very well be NHL ready. He's Ian Mitchell, he's got he's got 14 points in 16 games so far this year of college hockey. He looked pretty good in the World Juniors, and that's exciting to see. He honestly is another guy that could be up sooner than a lot of people honestly would have thought. Right. Yeah, very good so, our defense it won't be this bad for too long. No. That's why I really think our biggest need is we need a top six pure goal scorer. We need a Matt Duchesne, our Tammy Panera, and Mark Stone. I think we need to hit one of those three guys. That'd be sick. I would love it. We have the cap space for, we have the cap space to not go crazy, but spend a good amount of money. Like if Panarin wanted to sign for nine million per, if he wanted to be a nice guy, we could do that. But it'll be interesting to see what the Rangers are going to offer him because supposedly some information is leaked that his preferred landing spot is the New York Rangers. I don't know why, but just a big city. He said he wants to play in a big city, but why not play in a big city and have? You know, play with Patrick Kane again. Come on, buddy. Please come back to us, Panarin. That would be fantastic. But, yeah, all the def- all the defensemen look great in the World Juniors. The forwards, honestly, they had a pretty impressive showing for themselves as well. I really thought uh, the first name I would talk about when we're talking about our forwards would be Evan Barrett. But after Philip Kurashev's performance in the tournament, I got to talk about him first, Bags. He led Sorry. he led the entire junior championship with six goals in seven games. Philip yeah. Kirishev. Yeah, he was solid. He was putting up some, some numbers. Fourth round pick. Great part of the uh Ryan Hartman trade. So even though Victor Edschel has looked like oh, I forgot. I kind of a scratch. Yeah, yeah, he's been not really good even in Rockford, which is sketchy. But thank God that fourth round pick turned out to be Philip Kirishev because he scored six goals in seven games. For Switzerland, yeah. and he was named to the all-tournament team. Looked nothing like a fourth-round pick there. Looks like no. a natural goal scorer to me. He's in his third year in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Currently has 43 points in 33 games this year. So he's looking like a stud. And um, Stan Bowman said he's someone that we could potentially sign later this season as well. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. These guys are panning out right in front of our eyes. Right. I mean, it's actually giving us some hope after we were in the dark ages for two months. Yeah. Yeah, our prospects are looking good. And I thought, like, too, at the beginning of the year, like, we had a couple of decent ones, like, good ones. But yeah. Like, Evan Barrett, man, like, they're playing. Yeah, Evan Barrett, was he was the second-line center for Team USA. They dropped the tough gold medal game to Finland. Barrett did just have one point in seven games. It was that beautiful yeah. backhanded goal that you saw. And, like, I think it was the first or second game of the tournament, but that was right. that was a nice backhanded goal. Uh Honestly, he didn't have probably the overall tournament we would have liked to hope, but he's got 13 goals in 17 games for Penn State so far this season. So he's obviously going to grow as a player, uh, you know, with time and making adjustments to the big level game. He's going he's gonna to be a guy that uh, yeah, put, will make a difference right maybe way. in the bottom yeah. six. He'll be up in the bottom six in the next, yeah, in the next year for sure. He'll be uh, interesting to see what he does after his college season. Yeah, a lot of – a lot of this potential late in the year, so yeah, this, this team could change a lot this, this year, next year. So no matter no matter where the Hawks, yeah, no matter where the Hawks are really in March, it's going to be an interesting month of hockey because the roster could be shaken up. Yeah, uh, a lot, a lot of, of ways, looking like the future. Yeah, it's going to be open competition. A lot of people are going to be fighting for roster spots and proving they should be sticking around for the future. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it should bring out the best hockey, hopefully, and everybody. Um, Oh, one last forward I want to talk about Mackenzie Entwistle. He looked really good too. Also, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He he looked really good. Uh, he 
scored three goals in five games. So he's got some scoring touch to go along with that 6-4 frame he has. Yeah. It's nice to see. I read a uh, six four. Yeah, he's six four. He's only one eighty though. Only one eighty. He's a small guy. No, and Whistle's six four, but he's only one hundred eighty pounds. But he is known for having a little bit of physicality in his game. I was reading a scouting report on him. He's not afraid to throw his weight around. So hopefully, you know, obviously he's young. He'll he'll beef. Yeah, he'll beef up. Uh, I think he could end up being, you know, a pretty good uh, toss in of a third round pick for the host of trade. It's nice to see yeah. that Stan Bowman, even though he's made some bad moves that, you know, are really, you know, glaringly bad, some small moves that he's made are looking like they're panning out. Like the trade for fourth round pick for Kirishev, third for Mackenzie Antwistle. Those like small trades that don't look significant at the time, six months later, here we are talking about them being excited about being that part of our future. Right, so right. it's a tough job, obviously, being a GM. You know, you're the GOAT when you're terrible. You're the greatest when you're winning. Tough job. But those are some franchise-changing small moves, adding little guys like that who maybe have been drafted later than they should have. Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's nice to see the front office do a good job. <laughs> it's just yes. nice to not be critiquing them all the time. I, I still can't believe that the Oilers took Brandon Davidson. Brandon Manning. Awesome. <laughs> they should have taken yeah. Brandon Davidson. We put Brandon Davidson on waivers the next day after trading him. Brandon Manning, get fucked, Edmonton. God, that was Shirelli. What are you doing? Seriously. What are you doing, big man? I feel bad for Edmonton. I feel bad for. We a lot stole of Drake Kajuila from them. Even if Drake Kajuila does nothing, that was a win for yeah. us. He oh, could yeah. literally do nothing. We got rid of Brandon Manning. He was oh man, just was not oh. a fit and. He's already being scratched in Edmonton. He played three games there, and they're already scratching him. <laughs> so, yeah, he's right back in the doghouse in Edmonton. Looks like he's going to rack up 4.5 mil the next two years while sitting on the couch. <laughs> he's probably <laughs> so life. thankful for Bowman. He's probably, mm, probably going to Jake Dodge in himself. If I was yeah, him, right. I'd Jake Dodge in myself and just take my 4.5 mil and retire. <laughs> Dip out. Be like, thanks, NHL. I'm yeah. good. Get a nice, nice summer home in Florida. California or something, just enjoy the rest of life. <laughs> yeah, goodbye, Manning. You're not our problem anymore. So, yeah, good to see Bowman make up for, I think, his biggest offseason screw-up. Got yeah, that, <laughs> got was, that. That, was, that was huge. Chris crazy. Kunitz is only $1 million, so that's not, like, terrible. But Brandon Manning for 2.25 for two years, like, maybe if it was one year, but two years, like, why? Why? Yeah. That's frustrating to see, but it is really good to see front office making some nice moves like that. It's good to see that uh, our future looks to be really promising after a solid world juniors by multiple guys. Awesome to see. I think yeah. that's a pretty solid way to wrap up this episode. Ended on a high note right there, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the Blackhawks will be able to take care of business tonight in Nashville. I think, that's all we got. We're going to wrap up this episode of Talking Hockey. Thank you all so much again for listening. I really appreciate it, guys. Please, yes. please, please make sure to follow the Twitter account if you're on Twitter, at Talk Hockey for all Blackhawks updates 24-7 and, as always, live tweeting of every Blackhawks game. Please give that account a follow, guys. Once again, I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. From Jack Bushman, money bags hurt. Have a good class, buddy. I hope you uh, get out early. I hope oh, you get yeah, out early and catch so. some of the Hawks game. I hope so. I'll see you. So, take care, guys. Yeah, take care. Thank you guys again. We are signing off. Till next time. Peace.